when the replay official did not stop I, the game. I'm not going to comment on that. I'll get fined for the rest of my life if I get commented on that. We had a great belief in our locker room. We didn't have to do anything special, just be us. I was so proud of this team. We had so much fun, it ought to be illegal. Coach Harris, they don't talk. Is that something you just ignore? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ignore because one week you're getting fired, and the next week you're going to take another job. And I'm worried about the darn SEC West Championship. And so, yes, to answer your question, our purpose is to win. Make no mistake about it. But it's to win the right way. And our goal, our stated goal, is going to be to win the Sun Belt. Uh, sorry, to win the SEC East. That's iron sharpening iron. That's the way this thing's got to work, man. We got to know and understand that it's got to be about competition. Talk about the reception you received from the fan, fan base. Did you ever think you'd be kissing and hugging babies at the tarmac when you got the point? Um, a lot better than another tarmac experience that I had. <laughs> I didn't think of it. It was like, like an anniversary or something like that. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. Welcome in to the latest episode of That SEC Podcast, presented by MyBookie. I'm Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, feeling good, Shane? It was kind of a slower Monday. I was a little bit surprised. We do got uh, the AP poll to talk about, so we're going to jump into that in a minute. But remember, I think it was a couple weeks ago, you asked me, when am I going to really start feeling optimistic about this season? Yeah. And I believe my answer was, once we get into camp, wanted to see how this thing goes. And I know there's been a pop-up here or there. Vanderbilt currently, you know, hitting the pause button. But beyond Mm -hmm. that, I mean, it's been good news all around the SEC, so I'm feeling great about the season. How about you, buddy? Dude, hell yes, I'm feeling good about it. It's happening, buddy. You know, I told you, ever since ever since I got that letter from Philip Fulmer, I knew we're going to have football because we can't <laughs> afford not to. You know? so, uh, I'm optimistic. I'm all the way in. Uh, it's been a fantastic week so far, Mike. I don't know if you saw this uh, bucket list. Uh, Daryl Waltrip retweeted me the other day. Did you see that? No. Yes. So <laughs> I'm driving down the highway and you ever see those old Monte Carlos? It's got the throwback paint job. Oh yeah. You know, you've probably seen the Dale juniors running around. <laughs> I've seen Earnhardt a few times, but I got to pass Daryl Waltrip on highway 321 the other day. <laughs> and I said it was a bucket list. And apparently it got to him. One of our listeners sent it up to uh, Darrell Walter. He retweeted and, and uh, was bragging about the paint job. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic <laughs> week so far, Mike. He didn't put me in the wall. That's awesome. <laughs> well, let's keep those good vibes going, Shane, because uh, here on Monday, Jim Sturick, the Missouri AD, he had a Zoom call with uh, reporters. And we'll just play this short clip here, but... You know, this is uh, not that he's been pessimistic at all, but he has been, you know, very open and transparent about this whole process. And I think it was about six weeks ago, maybe, where he's saying, you you know, he didn't call it a Hail Mary, but he said, hey, there's a lot to be worked out and we're hopeful, Mm -hmm. but we'll see how it goes. And my man's done about a 180 here. 
you know, I, I'm back to being pretty dang optimistic about what's going on. And I, we've, uh, I've had my highs and lows and you guys have gone through the, the ringer as well. And, um, I, I was talking to coach Martin about it. You know, all of us are, are, we need some sports to occur, some contests to occur because we've been going through the past six months and it's just been crap the whole six months of dealing with crap, all these different issues and things. And, and, the we're missing the highs and lows of of that competition and so um one i'm very hopeful um two i think it, i i am optimistic and uh like i said i i don't control the virus but i think the next two weeks will really really determine how if we can get to that full season and so we'll, we'll see from there ask me in two weeks all right shane so i mean if that don't fire you up for some sec football I mean, they're going ahead as scheduled like we anticipate. So I don't know. It's just and it, this has also been the first weekend where there's not been some kind of like terrible setback. You know what I mean? We're like right. we're sitting on pins and needles like, <laughs> are we still doing this? You know, I, I have not seen right. any of that. I love this guy, man. You know, it's just he just loves being around the football players. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we've heard him before. He's, he gets overly excited. He reminds me a lot of. Remember at uh that that role John Ritter played there in Bad Santa, you know he's just kind of you know what I'm saying. Rest in peace, John. But it, it just he just golly gee, you know we're gonna have some football, and I love it. So uh, the more optimistic this man is, the more positive I get, Mike. Absolutely. Well, uh, let's keep that those good vibes going before we go around the league. If you missed it, the AP poll they've released their official preseason rankings. I know uh, Cousin Shane was smiling when these things came out because <laughs> Tennessee, not ranked in the coaches' poll, they're ranked in the AP poll, Shane. Tennessee, number 25. The rest of the SEC can't make them jokes. You know, 26 ain't ranked. <laughs> well, 25 is. So Tennessee comes in at number 25. Texas A&M, number 13. Auburn, number 11. Florida, number 8. LSU, number 6. Georgia, number 4. And Alabama, number three. That's your top 25 teams. Who's Wait, who's the top two? Well, here's the thing now. I, I was waiting to say this, but the Big Ten and the Pac-12, they are in this poll for some reason. Ugh. Now, they're going to take them out as soon as the season gets underway, but they wanted to at least have them in the preseason. Clemson, number one. Ohio <laughs> State, number two. And the reason I wanted to hold that off because – Hell, if we eliminate the Big Ten and the Pac-12 like they probably should have done, here's how the rankings really would have played out, Shane. Alabama, number two. Mm -hmm. Georgia, number three. LSU, number four. Florida, number six. Auburn, number eight. Texas A&M, number nine. These are all top ten. (laughs) Tennessee, number 16. And then Kentucky would have made it at around, I believe, 23. So, I mean, that's... That's a loaded deck right there in the SEC, and I think you could certainly make the case that there's probably going to be a couple more SEC teams knocking at the door before long. I think that's something, Mike. What is that, eight teams? Yes, sir. I had to count real quick. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been easier just to count the teams out, Mike. (laughs) Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Finally getting the respect they deserve. But you know how it's preseason, man. Um, I – I kind of hate that they 
put Ohio State up there. I just don't want to hear that. You know, I get it. Ohio State's not playing. Michigan and all them teams ain't playing. But I just don't want to hear this could have been or you know. Mm-hmm. No, you guys had opportunity. The, the higher-ups decided they weren't going to play because they weren't going to make the playoffs. I get it, Mike. So I'm, I'm all for preseason polls. I love the hype train, and it's really going to pay off when we're watching week one with all those top 25 teams playing. Well, what's going to happen here, Shane? We're probably going to get a UCF situation where Ohio State, they're going oh, to claim it. I know. Hell, we, didn't we, lose. we didn't lose this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you know it's coming. And I, I just – you know what? It doesn't matter because we know this thing was going to come down to the SEC anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to find some way to get Clemson to play one of our boys, and then we're going to smoke them again. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the championship ring again. You know, we're the best. I'm just glad they didn't put Ohio State at one because that's what would have carried on. Well, we were first, you know. So I just – I don't want to <laughs> hear that. So <laughs> Now two things I wanted to add about this AP poll. So Kentucky and Mississippi State – they were in the others receiving votes category. Oh, that's good. And I've seen Kentucky assistant Vince Morrow. I mean, he came out flat out, called this thing a joke. <laughs> and I've seen tons and tons of Kentucky fans kind of pissed off at this, you know, getting slighted here by the AP top 25 preseason poll. And they did. I'm going to make a case. I, I agree with you. But if I'm Kentucky, if I'm Mark Stoops, this is what I want. Let Auburn be a borderline top 10 team. Hell, they are a top 10 team if you eliminate, you know, the the Big 10 and Pac-12 programs because it doesn't matter where you start. Obviously, it only matters where you finish. And this is just going to be ammunition for another couple of weeks. Mark Stoops can, if there's a program in the SEC that's got a bigger chip in their shoulder or the biggest chip in their shoulder, it's got to be Kentucky. And this is just going to be another chip on that shoulder Opening yeah. the season against Auburn, a team you match up very well against on the road. You go down there, you whip up on the Tigers, and then all of a sudden you're going to catapult in the rankings. And if I'm Mark Stoops, like I said, I'd rather have that than – I mean, <laughs> what what the hell's the point of being 23-24? You know, you come in and maybe there's even a target on your back. You know what I mean? Dude, I, I, I hope there's one word posted all over that campus and it's respect because they haven't got it. They do deserve it. And it all starts up front, man. You know, I heard the coach on yesterday talking about these hogs up front. You know, the defense couldn't stop them. I'm telling you, that's the momentum that these boys need. And that's the, that's the fire that's going to have uh, when they play Auburn week one you know that no one respects us so this is going to be a statement game auburn can't sleep on kentucky buddy because if they do they're going to run all over their asses now let me ask you this before we move on from the poll so we got seven teams officially listed here again alabama georgia lsu florida auburn a&m tennessee yeah if you had to pick just one the big orange vol guarantee not going to be ranked by the end of the season. Which team are you picking here? Oh, read them one more time for me. Alabama. Yeah. Georgia. LSU. Florida. Auburn. Texas A&M. And Tennessee. I say at the end of the year, 
all of them will still be in the top 25. <laughs> but you got to pick one. Which which one? Oh, Mike, I, I can't. And I, it's not necessarily that you're guaranteeing that they're going to be out of the top okay. 25. But if you could envision one being out of the top 25, which team is it going to be? Oh, man. Golly, they're going to hate it, Mike. But I'm going to have to go because I, I can't pick my guys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I, I ain't about that. We're going undefeated. So uh, I'm joking, by the way. But I'm going to say the Auburn Tigers. Ooh. And, and the reason is, the reason is that is first off, they've got a juggernaut there in the West, like always. They they talk about they've got the toughest schedule. They do, man. They got to face Georgia. They got to face Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Those are two teams that can beat Auburn any given Saturday. Obviously, Georgia is going to be the favorite. You know, Tennessee beat Auburn last time. Now I know that was a little bit fluky. But the time that Tennessee gets Auburn, they're already going to have a handful of tough games. So now, obviously, Tennessee is going to be the like the pack leader because they are the lowest. They've you know they've still got a lot to prove. I get that Auburn people are probably and they so got to play every team on this damn list outside of LSU. Exactly, <laughs> they're so mad at me right now. But I just, I mean, if I got an Auburn fan on here and I told him, hey, you've got to pick one, you know, are they going to say, well, yeah, probably us, you know? No, (laughs) I've got to go the other way, the team that Tennessee is playing. So I'm going to go with out of those Auburn. But again, Mike, it would not blow my mind if Auburn is sitting there at the end of the year as the West winner. That's just how tight the West could be. But if they get on the back side or the wrong side, of this thing. And then they start blaming coach Morris and then they start blaming coach from on. I could really see this thing unfolding extremely quick down there. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to go the other way, a team that's not ranked. Yeah. That I think could be ranked by the end of the season. We've already hit on Kentucky. That's kind of too obvious mm-hmm. Mississippi States and the others receiving categories. So I think that's a little bit too of an ob- obvious a pick because yeah. You know, we we all we do here is sing Mike Leach's praises. So, yeah, wouldn't really be that stunned if they they're the team that does it. But I'm going to go a different team, and this may stun you here. South Carolina. They don't got Clemson this year, right? <laughs> they don't well, got they don't have that early non-conference game that trips them up, and mm-hmm. you know, going into this ten-game SEC slate, I think having that depth on the defensive line. They already have a really good secondary. I think there's mm-hmm. a possibility South Carolina is going to have one of the be- most improved teams in the SEC. Now, obviously, we're really you know, devastated with losing Marshawn Lloyd, but right. while that is a blow, I'm not trying to discount that guy. I mean, he's never taken a snap in the SEC, so it's not like it's, – it's a little bit different to me if you were losing, say, you know, Joe Burrow last year. You know what I mean? We're like right. – well, how are we going to replace this guy? I know exactly. I know it's a big blow, but someone potentially could step up there. And if Holinsky or Colin Hill, whoever it is, can t- you know lead that Mike Bobo offense, could be – hell, South Carolina may have been a pretty good team last year if they had Mike yeah. Bobo. I don't know. But if that offense was you know just respectable, they probably would have been a bowl team. So I don't think it's that big of a leap to say with all those guys they got on the defensive line – that that's kind of a, a team I'm circling as a potential surprise in the SEC this year. 
Well, you kind of stole mine, Mike, because that's who I would have went with. And uh, so I'm going to pick somebody else, Mike. And this one may surprise you. But even though they got a tough draw with these additional games, I'm digging M-I-Z, buddy. The reason is there's a lot of optimism at quarterback. They do have a ton of weapons. I love the defense, and I just think that this offense is going to look ex- it's totally different next year. Mm-hmm. And if if they surprise Alabama week one, I know that's a tall glass of water, Mike, but if they do, I mean, could you imagine? I mean, just the shakeup that they would have in the SEC. I love the fact that Coach is hiding this thing, and I, I just hope they come out and, and we see a different offense, an offense we haven't seen in a long time. So – um, if I had to pick a, a sleeping a sleeping giant, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Tigers. Hmm, I like that pick, and I I could see that too. That was probably one of my runners up, but I just think South Carolina in that head to head matchup now, is gonna win this yeah, year. With uh, Marshawn was a tough tough loss, but I think the biggest thing that people are overlooking is just how good this defense could be with South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And that's going to keep you in any game, Mike. And if Helensky and, and, and company, they, they, they approve just a little bit. And I think they will under Mike Bobo's offense. Yeah. That nobody's going to want to play them. All right, Shane, uh, before we go around the league, wanted to uh, let the listeners know, once again, we're presented by my bookie. New customers receive a hundred percent deposit match. Up to $1,000 if you use the promo code THATSEC. So if you put in $100, my bookie will match it. You'll give you another 100 so you got 200 All the way up to 1000 like I said. So you could potentially start out with $2,000 in your mybookie.ag account using the promo code THATSEC. That's T-H-A-T-S-E-C. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At mybookie.ag, winning season is all about the chance to win big by listening to Mike and going against Cousin Shane. <laughs> winning season begins today only at mybookie. And once again, that promo code, that SEC, head on over to mybookie.ag. How many guys jump on there and put all their money on Auburn? Just the fact. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know they're winning the natty, baby. <laughs> All right, Shane, you ready to go around the league? Yeah, man, let's do it. Now let's go now around let's the go league. Around the league. Uh, my, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up, and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why, why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. Right, we'll play anybody you can get to play us. In Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey guys. Hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. All right, not a ton of news around the SEC. It was kind of a quiet one, but uh, we got some good news here in Gainesville. So let's jump on down to Florida, where it's being reported by Gators Territory that all four players that were rumored to opt out 
That Zachary Carter, the defensive end, he's already come out and already committed to playing. Trayvon Grimes, the receiver, he's done the same. But the two big ones, Jacob Copeland, Kadarius Toney, they were kind of, I wouldn't say questionable, just no one really knew their status. And Dan Mullen wouldn't comment on it. But the Gators territory is reporting that all four players locked in and ready to go for the season. Now, Dan Mullen is uh, scheduled to meet with the media here on Tuesday, so we'll get some confirmation on that one way or another. But really good news for the Gators here because, you know, with all this hype around Kyle Trask and what this offense could be, you know, there's still a work in progress on the offensive line. They got talent at running back for sure, but, you know, they don't have any proven playmakers necessarily. And if you're losing all your top targets – I don't know what you got. I mean, obviously Kyle Pitts would still be there, but then defenses would just be, you know, targeting him. So uh, this is really big for the Gators. And, you know, while I'm kind of wavering on the Gators or Georgia, my pick in the East because of the 10 game schedule. Right. I mean, this is a big chip in Florida's favor. And man, this just all off season. I've been debating it. And this is, uh, you know, this is helping Florida's cause for sure. Have you seen a, a point spread on that Ole Miss game? Uh, oh, you mean has, like has it if changed it's changed? Or anything? Mm. Yeah. No, I have not seen that it's affected the line just yet. That may that's a good point. Hey, head on over no. to my bookie. <laughs> <laughs> that, exactly. Jump on that line while you can because the value may jump back to the Gators. While now that we know these guys are uh, looking to play this season, I mean, I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm not trying to disrespect Ole Miss here, but I think they're going to be. We're going to get to Lane Kiffin's comments here. It kind of backs it up. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the SEC this year. Florida going to be one of the best. How in the world is that line under 10? I do not know. But, uh, you know, jump on that while you can. Yeah, and the thing about opting in and opting out, you know, I, th- I think it's important for the players, you know, to, to be able to make that decision and not get, and not get judged. Mm-hmm. However... You know, one of the things that really stood out, I don't know if you were, if you followed Deion Sanders at all, but a while back, he he put out a tweet. You know, this is when some of the NFL players were considering opting out. And he, he, he kind of made a good point. He said, all players opting out in all sports, believe, please believe the game will go on without you. This is a business. And don't you ever forget that. There's no one that's bigger than the game itself. Only the ref, umps, and officials are that important, and you can't play without them, not you. So I just thought, hashtag truth, but I just thought that that always stuck in my crawl. You know, I just always thought about, you know, these players that are opting out. I get it that maybe they just, you know, maybe they, I don't know, Mike. I don't want them to get judged. But then again, you don't want him to get passed either. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of somebody like Copeland. Copeland has a lot to prove this year. Right. But if he sits out, he he may not. You know, he may be a second round because now, I mean, because don't think now, now, I'm not judging, but don't think that some of these GMs ain't judging, you know, saying, okay, they put their selves in front of the team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that that's going to come up with some of these players? Uh, well, I think it all depends on you know, their reasoning and their logic. Cause we, we really haven't seen many guys from the SEC do this, you know, and, and right. say, you know, we saw it all over the big 10 with, you know, the kind of their premier players opting out and saying, I'm going to go prepare for the draft. Now mm-hmm. that didn't hurt. 
always get those Bosa guys confused. Oh, but, yeah, that's but, true. But one of them did that at Ohio State, you know, and it didn't affect him at all. And, you know, I really just think that every situation is unique and you got to consider the background. Like Auburn's got a linebacker. His name escapes me at the moment, but he opted out. He would have been a key contributor this year, but he's got a new, I believe is a newborn son coming along. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know, you know, I'm not saying there's anything going to go wrong there, but that's got to weigh heavy on him, you know, and right. not only his son's health, but what's going to happen. What happens if something happens to him and then he's not there to provide for his son. So, yeah. I mean, every situation like that's unique, but you know, I don't, yeah, it's, dis- it's I don't just, disagree with anything you said either. You know, it's a catch 22. And I just, I don't want the kids, if they do decide to opt out to get judged later because they did you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. you could say that you're not all you want but it's just like an interview you know they may kill the interview but if you don't want to hire this person you're not going to hire them you know so i mean it's the same thing with the nfl the decisions that these kids make now are going to impact the decisions that are made about them later so i just I don't know the the opt in opt out. I think you should be able to do so. And and like you said, that was that's a great point. The guy there at Auburn, I know who you're talking about. He he's not a starter. He's a backup, right? Right. Yeah. But a key special teams player, and you know he he plays well, quite a bit. So yeah, you know you you need but those it's guys. Still, yeah, important part of the team. And, and if he chose to do that, that's great. But you know, I hope that he later in life that doesn't hurt him where he gets passed. You know, and and you know in the roster. I mean, you never know. He may never get that starting spot. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump on down next to Columbia, where we don't have any news specifically from the Gamecocks team. Uh, but this is something I wanted to kind of hit on on the last episode, but we were going a little bit long, so I didn't hit on it. But the same day that uh, Marshawn Lloyd, unfortunately, was lost for the season, Gamecock fans got some good news at the tail end of the day because five-star Georgia quarterback Gunnar Stockton of course, he's a member of the 2022 class, so he's, you know, into the future. I mean, he's entering his junior season of high school, so it's going to be a while before he gets to Columbia, but he committed to the Gamecocks over Georgia. This is a kid that uh, grew up idolizing Connor Shaw, and he plays for Connor Shaw's brother at South Carolina, and of course, Connor Shaw now is on Will Muschamp's staff, so so many connections. Mike Bobo's got a long history with this kid. I believe he was one of his first offers there at Colorado State. Now, obviously, at South Carolina. But they're saying this kid, Shane, I mean, he scored like 69 touchdowns last year. <laughs> in Georgia, high school football is incredibly impressive. Maybe the best high school football in the country. You know, this is potentially a program changer for South Carolina. I mean, yeah. Will Muschamp has had a ton of success recruiting these quarterbacks. This is the best one he's ever I mean, he hasn't signed him yet, but it's the best one committed. And, you know, I think Georgia is not going to necessarily give up on this kid, but with all the connections he's got to South Carolina, I don't expect him to flip. But, again, we're talking several years down the line. But I wanted to ask you this, Shane, because I don't think that you keep a coach just for a player, even if it is a five-star player. You know, Mm -hmm. Mark Rick would still be at Georgia – for Jacob yeah. Eason, if that's the move people were going to make. And it's, I think, you know, given what, nothing against Jake Eason, Jacob Eason, but I mean, he didn't, he didn't necessarily pan out, you know, but so I don't, <laughs> I always think that's the wrong move, but I wanted to ask you this, if, 
Hell, remember, it wasn't that long ago. What was our mailbag questions? Who's the next coach at South Carolina? I mean, they were so yeah. beyond ready to move on from us, Champ. And now with this pandemic... You know, who knows how much money South Carolina's got to even pay a buyout for Will Muschamp. Mm -hmm. Does this give Muschamp a little bit more time now that it looks like he's hired an elite coordinator, an elite recruiter, and Mike Bobo, and get kids like this Gunnar Stockton locked in? Would that give you, if you're a South Carolina fan, any added confidence in the direction of this Will Muschamp program? Yes. Mike, it, it definitely. I've always said this, man. If you ain't winning, you better be recruiting, you know, because if you can't get, if you're at an end of the season and you got a terrible record and and you look at your recruits coming in and it's just, man, you know, there's just there's a couple things, but it's just not that great. Doesn't give you those goosebumps, you know, that that feeling, that warm and fuzzy feeling that the future is going to be okay. Then you want rid of your coach, but if you have a bad season, but you saw highlights, you saw a young quarterback play. Uh, we 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 know Marshawn's coming up. You know he's he's hurt, but th- we saw flashes of the uh, of some of the younger talent on the Gamecocks. And then you're 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 adding pieces of recruit that's coming in that you just you can paint the picture that the future's bright. It, you know, so if you have the recruits, it buys you time. You know, that's one thing like Texas A&M, you know, I'd be pissed off about what what I've got for my money so far. But you look at the recruiting trail and you're like, you know what? He's building something. Mm-hmm. Jimbo's on to something. The future's bright. And now we're in here. We are year three. So, you know, now it's coming to fruition. So I think, yes, if you can keep landing studs and stars, that's going to buy you time. Now, you're not going to be happy if you get some losses and bumps along the way, but you still can hang your hat that, you know, that's okay because next year's our year. Yeah. And I think you can build. You know, this is their first commit in the 2022 class, so you can build around them, get you some elite receivers. That's some, more than anything. That's something to sell on the recruiting trail. And, and and Mike, let's face it, money's tight. You know, they, mm-hmm. they South Carolina couldn't re, they couldn't afford to buy out last year. They're definitely not going to be able to do it when the stadium's holding 25 percent of people. You know, right? Yeah. So, you know, all in all, I know this is way down the line. I don't want to get too excited about it. But from all I know about this kid, he's a card to South Carolina with all those connections he's got. As long mm-hmm. as they keep Bobo, as long as they keep Connor Shaw there, and you know Connor Shaw, his legacy at South Carolina, it's not like he's gonna jump to Georgia or something. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident about this one. What a name, Gunner Hoke. Is that his last name? Hoke Stockton. No, can't Stockton. Gunner oh. Stockton. Who's Gunner Hoke? A uh, former. Cincinnati the, quarterback, maybe? Yeah, that's a guy went to Notre Dame, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, he didn't pan out. But <laughs> this gunner will, you know. That's a good quarterback name. He was a quarterback the day he was born, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last uh, stop here. Let's jump on down to Oxford. Auditorio, miss. Where Lane Kiffin met with the media here after uh, Ole Miss had their first scrimmage of training camp. And uh, Lane Kiffin kind of breaks it down and talks about his quarterback play and was asked, you know, the million-dollar question down there in Oxford, John Rice, Plumley, Matt Corral, how, how are they looking? And is Plumley getting any looks in any other positions? 
I thought you'd really appreciate this comment, Shane. Lane Kiffin kind of went all in on these, you know, waiver process and how the NCAA has given everybody a free year, yet, you know, his safety, Otis Reese, sitting here waiting for a waiver, same as Joey Gatewood, same as Cade Mays, same as Justin Shorter at Florida. We're just, you know, we're giving a free free years to everybody, yet these kids are essentially losing a year. Oh, and one other thing. So that, I know that's a big point of what Kiffin has to say here, but this was kind of a little bit troubling to me. He kind of threw it out there. It's going to take him about three years to turn over the roster. <laughs> and that is not what you want to hear for a first-year coach, but this just echoes what he's been saying for weeks on end here. Uh, let's kick it over to Lane Kiffin. Um, it was good to get in the stadium. Thought that, um, you know, there were some good and bad, like any first scrimmage we didn't tackle. So, um, but everything else was scrimmage format. Um, the offense uh, probably outplayed the defense. Um, now we have a number of defensive players out um, for multiple reasons. So um, that didn't help. Um, but it was good to see the quarterbacks did some good things. Um, Ely had a really long run, um, you know, and hit some big passes. So, uh, especially to Elijah. So that part was good, but obviously whenever you're making a bunch of plays, you know, that means that you're not making them on the other side. Lane, can you kind of, uh, talk about the quarterback play on Saturday a little bit more, maybe kind of assess what you saw out of John Rice and Matt each? I thought Matt played extremely well. Um, Hit some big plays, uh, was really accurate. Um, John had a little more up and down, um, did some really good things. Um, you know, uh, fumbled once for a big turnover, um, but both of them did some things to excite us. Are you guys repping John Rice at uh, other positions in the event that he does not become the every down starter? Um, we don't get into schematical. Um, personnel um, questions, but I can tell you that we're not. So I really broke my own rule. Um, no, that's the last thing we want to do right now. You know, he's in a quarterback competition. If you do that, that'll take away from his development as a quarterback, and he's still really young, you know. So, um, you know, he's just playing quarterback. Yeah, hi, Lane. Kind of a more of a, a bigger picture outlook towards the season, but do you – you've had some pretty good first seasons as head coach and everything. Is, is, is that – more mindset, personnel, kind of change of attitude? Because um, you can't really change the personnel at this point. But how much of that is mindset and confidence and everything? Well, I think at the last place we were, you know, at FAU, we were blessed with some really, really good talent um, that just for whatever reason hadn't worked out um, before. And so, um, you know, we were able to capitalize on that and win 11 games the first year. Um, but I've said before, this is more difficult, you know, with early signing day now. Um, you know, it, it's hard because you, you got to wait really two years to really change your roster, you know, your second year because the first year is so hard because all, so many kids are gone already when you get here. And, um, you know, we're trying, as you see, some different guys kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, you know, so – and then now – with this next year being difficult too, without visits and in spring recruiting, you know, it's almost like three years till you can dramatically change your roster. You tweeted a couple of days ago, Lane, about the Cade Mays situation at Tennessee. Have you gotten any 
intel on Otis Reese for you guys? Has he been declined as well, or, or kind of where's that situation at? We have not gotten that answer. Um, we have tried. Um, you know, we've asked to to get. You know, obviously there's urgency. You know, we don't when they don't you know get back to you. You don't know how to how to rep players. You know, here's a guy that would be a starter for us, and we don't even know. You know, where do we rep him because we don't know if he's going to play or not. So, um, makes it challenging. Have there been any conversations about this with the NCAA, or has it kind of been radio silence? Uh, well, they don't really say like, "Oh, hey, we're probably going to pass it." I mean, it's either you know they they go through the process and then give you an answer. So, our compliance contacts on just wait to hear from our compliance. I do feel really bad for waiver guys. You know, now that everybody else is getting a year, I really do feel bad that this is not. This is kind of flaw in the system. You know, it's neat what they're doing, giving all players an extra year, and this year doesn't count. But these guys that are sitting, you know, if they don't win a waiver, now they're sitting and really losing that year. So, you know, take someone that, that's sitting and has one year to play the next year. Well, they would have got a free year this year, so they'd have two seasons to play. Now someone like that only has one season to play. Or like Otis, he would, he would have – if he was here, he'd have three seasons to play now. Now he's going to sit and only have two. So it really, it's pretty neat for everyone else. It's really screwing these guys. All right, Shane. So it sounds like Matt Corral, early leader. Now, of course, like he said here, the, there's no tackling or anything. And, you know, that's when John Rice Plumley will really shine when there's contact. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I, of course, I know they're not going to let, let the quarterbacks be getting lit up here, but not in practice. But that's when Plumley, you know, really takes command is when he can run and make people miss and everything. But – little disturbed here by Kiffin's comments about, you know, he just seems kind of frustrated by, I don't know, just the overall roster he's got to work with here. Maybe uh -huh. he's playing coy. Maybe he's just fooling everybody. I don't know. But I thought that was interesting. And then, I mean, he's continuing his crusade here against the NCAA, and uh, I'm loving that. Absolutely, man. Because it's it's it makes no sense, Mike. It, so everybody can play this year, potentially. They haven't come out with the eligibility thing yet, have they? Yes, it's confirmed now. Oh, my God. So it's a free shot. It's a free year. Mm -hmm. let, let them loose, man. You know, just let everybody loose. If they transferred, they transferred, that's fine. Hell, if some more kids want to do it, do it now. Big you know 10, Pac-12, they all need to be eligible. Exactly. I mean, what are you, who are you punishing here? You know, so I, I, I think he's right with that one. Now, as far as the comments about the quarterback, obviously it, it feels to me like Matt's the guy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I just don't see how you could keep John off the field. And I think that's along the lines of what you're talking about. You can't just, you can't just let him cut loose, you know, right. but that's when he shines. So maybe he's just, he's just holding him back and, you know, I hope he's not like a trick, you know, mm -hmm. I hope he's not, you know, just coming in and run a couple of wildcats. Uh, I hope he's actually giving Matt all he can handle, you know, in practice. And if John, cause if John can get a hold of it, if he could throw dude, I'll tell you what, man, he's going to be something special, but until then coach ain't going to let him out there. But I if, wonder if, he, if, he, if anybody can do it, it's Kiffin. I mean, hell he made yeah. a running back, a, a fantastic quarterback <laughs> here at Alabama. I wonder if he, you know, could run a dual, quarterback system here if there's anybody that could pull it off maybe he could do it 
it's going to be interesting. I just wish we got to see a little bit in a spring game or something. Right. But, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, maybe that's why the point spread's so wild. We just don't know exactly what Kiffin's going to throw out there. Any concern, though? Let's uh, His comments here on three years to turn over the roster. No. Not, not at that, all? No, I mean, that's that's kind of where we knew they were at anyway. I mean, there's – he knows he's got some weapons on there. You know, he mentioned a few of them, but mm-hmm. uh, he, he's not going to come out there with any type of expectations. You know, when you're when you're taking over a program that, where a coach got fired, you know, you don't want to come out and promise a bowl game or anything like that because you're just making it tough for yourself. You know, he's hoping that it's a three-year build, but I guarantee in, in the back of his mind, there's a couple games he's got circled on this calendar he thinks he can win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that may be, you know, maybe he just throws the entire kitchen sink here at old or Alabama week three. You know what I mean? Because if he I, if he would not certainly they'd be a massive underdog, but if he were able to pull something like that off, I dude, mean, my God, one. he'd have job security for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> I think week one, man. If you can beat Florida, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying that they that they have a shot, but you know, if you keep coming out here with this whole hum, my team's okay, but we're three years away. But no, in the back of your mind, you're holding a couple pair of aces. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, who knows? Uh, Kiffin may be just playing playing mind games here. If anybody can do it, it's this guy. All right, Shane, so like I said, not a ton to cover on this one. It was a quiet Monday here in the SEC, but uh, you got anything before we hop off here? Uh, no. Um, I, You know, the ratings review, we're, we're, we're trying to get some more shows out this week. This was a little shorter than usual, but, you know, we're going to try to get you out some more information here as, as often as possible. Uh, and later in the week, I'm still going to do the ratings and reviews. Uh, so if you do got an iPhone or Apple product, if you jump on there, give us a five-star rating. Uh, I'll be sure to read it online. Like I said, the best one's going to get read by my youngin. She wanted, uh, she, she loves listening to those uh, reviews. She loves hearing what you guys say. Kind words mean so much to us. Uh, it's the, and then we'll send you a koozie, man. It's the least we could do. Absolutely, Shane. Well, that's going to do it for this one. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls.